Okay, people, welcome to Follow Leader Podcast. This is your boy, your host, Leader Johnson. And we are here to talk about the Sixers loss and the Sixers win. And we're going to get more into, man, it's the playoffs. So a lot of things are going to be more, you know, I'm not even surprised that some of the things that's coming up is playoff basketball. Everything's looking a little bit more serious. The intensity, the analysts are up. Stephen A is on full, full, full scale. Jalen Rose on full scale. It's going down. Now, let's talk. I want to talk first on Phila Talk, special edition, because I got some things to incorporate with Phila Talk. All right. The first thing I'm going to talk about the loss. Now, I, I was, I was, I was on record on Twitter of saying like the Sixers, it was three for 25 from the three point line. That is just horrible. And they only lost, what was it, like 112, 111 to, it was 111. To like 103. I gotta be, you know, I'm trying to be precise in this. It was three, I said, if they hit three, three, if they would have hit four three pointers, 12 points, they would have had 114. So it was 102. All right. 111, 102. They would have won 114 to 111. And, and that was a bad game they played. It's a horrible, horrible, horrible game to me because they look lost, out of place. They didn't know where they was at. Sometimes you see the ball, they'd be running around with the ball like, hey, yo, 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 who should I pass to? This is, I think this is a perfect game. We should sit guys down in the high school. Game one, sit them down in high school and be like, listen, this is how you play basketball when you don't have it together, when you don't have a chemistry, when you don't know where each other are. This is these are professionals. These guys have been, Tobias Harris is in his, um, as you can see, listen, he's in his, um, prime right now. He, he's at the best. At the top, he's at that scale where, okay, Tobias is doing this and doing that. He's going to be a good player for free. He's going to be an all-star player. He's going to get better and better. What people have to realize and know about Tobias Harris is that right now he's in that point where he's like, oh, where am I supposed to be at? Where am I supposed to be at? Is it? First he came in and played his game. Season game, playoffs, even the, even the Nets. I mean, they got intensity came up. So when you get in that ball, you gotta do something with it. And Tobias is learning that. Like, um, I know for sure he's never been in the playoffs where it's this intensity. And what I mean by that is that um, it's Tobias Harris. He's not like the secret, or he's not like oh, he got Tobias. It's more weapons on him because now the it's more um you're in Philly, a bigger market. You got a contract year. And and the league is really starting to notice after that trade. I mean, people was already knowing that Tobias is good and this and that, but not like that. Not like that. He still was able to surprise and when you come into a game and you look on your clipboard and you're like, We gotta stop Tobias. But you're still playing the Clippers, you know. And so you're still kind of like, man, is he did it that good? Now when he gets traded for and he's with a team like this, it's like, oh, Tobias is good. I mean, I'm not saying it out of my personal mouth like Tobias Harris is. Um, I'm not saying that out of my mouth like, you know, Tobias was never thought of as good or nothing like that. I'm just saying hype does a lot for people. And now they're like, we got to stop him. Not because of the trades, because now eyes are open. Because, you know, when people talk, 
people listen like, oh man, Tobias, you hear he got traded for? You hear he got, it was a real big trade when he got, every other time he got traded, you ain't hear nothing about it. Now he's with the team like this, just like, and he's still been doing good. He's still been producing. And he's producing a great rate like this. He's even upped his game even more. And it's like, oh, Tobias now. So now this is the first year where he's going to target a guy like Tobias Harris. Congratulations to Russell Wilson on his highest paid contract, you know, in the NFL. Four years, $140 million. That's the first thing. All right, let's go back. Just had to give him that love, man. Shout out. Um... It was, everybody was like, you know, going crazy. Because it's Philly, man. They're going to take everything out of proportion. It's my city. You know, I was raised in Little Rock. I got two cities, man. I was raised in Little Rock, born in West Philadelphia. You got to understand about Philly, man. Philly is hard, knows, and, and, and stuff I don't agree with. That was, that was, Philly, you was wrong for booing, man. I mean, this team, they're not trying to hear it, though, which is stupid. But I love my city. Now, I'm saying this on behalf because I, this is how I've always been. It's stuff I agree with and I don't agree with. So when Ben Simmons came out and said, go on the other side, I agreed with him. I, I 100% agreed with him. Philly, you must be out your damn mind, man. These guys just got together. They just got together. They had a bad game. Yeah, but you don't boo it. Come on, man. But, hey, I love Philly. It is what it is. We'll take it, whatever. Sit over there on the other side, man. You're going to boo. But that's not what Philly going to do, man. You know, it's going. everybody wasn't born. That's from Philly. Believe that. But it's people in Philly that do that. It's just the nature of... Because of, all it takes is one person. It's a domino effect. It only to take two. Boo, 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 boo. That's all that happened. That's, that's all that happened, man. Because Philly is like... When people talk Chinese, they talk they talk Chinese, right? Talk Italian, talk Italian, right? They talk Philly. Boo! Some people was like, "Oh, this is crazy." These people, some people laugh. Some people was like, "Oh God." There are people like me in Philly, no doubt, man. It might be like a little minority purport. Cause you know my pop, I call him in Philly, man. He'll be, oh, I can't believe it. They should have got booed. I'm the person that's on the phone, on the phone like pop. No, they shouldn't have got booed. Now, what he had to do was come out and answer it. Because if he didn't come out and answer it, then they're like, oh, whoa. And then I'm like, oh, gosh, man, you got to. Because when you talk to Philly, you got to talk to him. You can't just open your mouth. You got to go out there and do it. And he did. So everybody to shut up. And then he came back like, oh, he took his. No, he didn't take his words back. No, he didn't. He ain't say I apologize. He just said Philly's a good. What do you think about Philly fans today? He knew Ben was mad like they was. Philly got over it, too. He was mad just like he is Philly. He's the Fresh Prince. That is exactly what he is. He is Philadelphia. He's a pretty boy. But he, Ben Simmons ain't never in his life, in his life back down, man. When he was going against anybody. Remember the Kyle Larry situation? He wanted to step outside. Ben has never been a punk, ever. So he answered the call and look at this. I mean, this was like a, uh, it's going to go down in history, you know, one of them type performances, you know, I'm talking about by the team and, and Ben is a part of it. Now, this game in particular, you see how more fluent everybody was. Then they, you know, the first half was better because the Sixers was down by two one time in game one. But the, um, what I have to incorporate, what I have to say about teams is that, um, 
Ben Simmons not having a jump shot should scare everybody. And what I don't, I heard Jalen Rose on Get Up talking all this mess, man. All this crap. Him and Richard, Richard Jefferson. Oh, well, he shouldn't have laughed. For one, shut up. Shut up. Are y'all like punks right now? He should go back and they should take that personal. These are two young, you know, the, the man talked for one, his explanation for laughing. Everybody said, that's not why he laughed. He laughed because he meant to do it. So y'all opening up your own can of worms. How, how was y'all playing? See, this is the crazy part. It's the crazy part. Shaquille O'Neal, my favorite, best center in my time, took up for it. He took up for it because he's like, wow, why y'all like that? The man made an explanation, and, and if the guy really didn't mean to do it, why would y'all really call him out on it? Like, that's crazy. Like, why would y'all do The guy gave you explanation. He said he was sorry. He did the right thing, but now that he laughs, like, he has to just have this up unbelievable. No, listen, for one, you saw what he was doing. It's two, th- it's two ways we can go about this. I'm going to go two ways. I'm going to go two ways, and I'm going to keep it funky. I'm going to keep it 100% funky. All right? I'm going to keep this funky. Let's go with the way that, let's go with what he said. He didn't mean to do it. He's playing physical. He's doing a move. And we can also throw Shaq in there when he said that I do a move looking to touch somebody up. Yeah, you ain't looking like to hurt nobody that bad, but you're looking to touch somebody up. You're looking to be physical. That's basketball. That's real deal Holyfield right there. Basketball, baby. That's the real deal, Holyfield. When you are looking to play physical, you're looking to play physical. You're not looking not to be physical. Oh, sorry, but hey, I'm looking to be physical. Watch your face. The second thing, hey, what if he meant to do it? What if he meant to do this? Because all of y'all just got on TV and basically admitted that y'all mean to be physical. That's why you don't laugh, so you can play it off. Just like Ernie Johnson was like, oh, that means he meant to do it. Come on, Ernie, you've been watching basketball all this time. You don't know guys don't mean to touch people up. You just acting like he should fake the funk, he, but he didn't fake. So if he wasn't faking the funk, then he's being stop it, man. Stop it right now. So he's supposed to fake the funk. Stop it, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all killing me right now. Killing me. But the man gave an apology. He started laughing because he said, he said, I'm more humble. You know, usually I'm not that humble about a situation. You know, Ben Simmons was laughing like, what? You know, you apologize. That's not Joel and B. So we start laughing. So look, cut that out, man. They already take enough of the physical part of the game out. Now y'all want to be punks. Oh, he should go back and retaliate. It should be another flavor, this and that. So you're you're trying to purposely start something. You see what I'm saying? Like you sound retarded and stupid. Shut up. I got love for Jalen Rowe. I got love for Richard Jefferson, but y'all got to stop that. That right there was just totally that, that nah, man. And you know, Jalen, one of my favorite analysts out there, man. Uh, Richard Jefferson also said something that kind of killed me. He was like, yo, I'm going to get up, man. Get up's a great show. Y'all watch that. Get up is, it's the bomb diggity.com. Richard Jefferson was like, um, oh man, he drove to the hole. And when he passes it, he don't want to get fouled. Where's your sense in that right there? Where's your proof? Because he has this shot that you would take because you're that type of player. My thing is this, because he shoots a bad, where are you getting from? The free throw percentage? Look at the free throw percentage. That's stupid. Stupid. 
right? Will Chamberlain, did he not want to get fouled? What about Shaq? And don't come to me saying, but didn't he go to the line and this and that? They played the post. They didn't play from the top. He is a point guard. He's been doing this since he came to the league. He likes to pass the basketball. He liked the path. I'm going to say retarded. He liked the path, the basketball. That's probably how you understand. He liked the path, the basketball. That's just what it is. When he evolves, one thing about Ben, which, you know, now this is what I do. I feel like he should take some outside shots. But if we're going to, we're going to have to wait for him to evolve. I ride with y'all now. He should take some outside, not even the three point shot, just because Ben can do it. But Ben also is playing another position in which he has to be a certain way. Let me tell y'all something. When a man gets switched from power forward to point guard, he was a, he was recruited. He was the number one power forward in the nation. He wasn't only the number one player. He was the number one power forward in the nation. So he's playing pure power forward from no matter what point skills he has. Brett Brown is just another thing. Y'all got to stop dogging Brett because how do you dog Brett? When he had this much, nobody in this league this year had to deal with, not even playing right now. No coach in the last couple had to deal with what Brett has to deal with. The process, you had to deal with losing, which means you're putting the worst teams on the floor at all times. You're trading your players away, and you're trying to get Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and they did that. So now, last year, you get these guys to play together for the first time. And you mean, nobody expected them to win over 50 games. Nobody did. It was like 45, 44. They exceeded that. Then they put the expectations so high up. Once they started winning the playoff, they were like, they're going to beat Boston. Even I was a dummy. Because I was riding off the hype. I was like, oh, these boys is ready right now. But Boston's experience clearly took hold. So y'all got to stop this. I'm not even going to sit here and listen to people talk about, oh, Philly, um, Philly, um, um, Philly needs to, Philly is Brett Brown messing up. Brett Brown learning as he goes. You give him Jimmy Butler in a trade and he's already trying to get those three good. He goes through where he has a dispute with Jimmy, which is nothing but a friendly dispute. Jimmy wants this. He wants to know his role. It's just, it is what it is. Y'all blow that out of proportion. Y'all already saying Jimmy's about to blow up Philly. That doesn't happen. Jimmy has been clean cut ever since. Y'all still trying to sneak jabs in there. But your analysts, man, some of them try to, you know, try to find things. They want to find things, let it evolve, which is crazy. And they try to find drama. That's what's going down now, though. It's, it's social media and even the older, older people, older analysts have given into the drama. But that's analyst period. I think it's been going on for years, but this is more bigger now. Than ever before, not ever seen. Um, um, I, I'm I'm gonna have to be totally honest and real with you. I'm gonna have to be totally honest and super real with you on a lot of lot of different notions, man. And we gonna I'm I'm, I'm, I'm keep it thoroughly one hundred, man. Thoroughly one hundred. Philly is not gonna get beat by as long as they're healthy. Even with four people. <laughs> They're not going to get beat. Now with five people, they're not going to get beat by anybody in the Eastern Conference for seven games. I think the next two series, I think they'll play the Raptors. They'll go seven games with the Raptors. I think they'll go seven games with uh, with Boston if they still have Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. 
and, and, and Al Horford. They lose anybody. Marcus Moore. They lose anybody in there. They could risk losing this game because they need those vets. This is not last year, okay, when Philly had Bellinelli and Ilyasova, all right? Now they have a starting five that's going to wear you out anytime that you bring bench players and that can play. Look what Mike Scott did. Look what Boban did. Look what TJ does. Those are the three key reserves, clearly. Then they go nine deep. Notice that. I remember, I remember my guy, Tom Moore. Shout out to Tom Moore, man. One of the greatest, legendary Philadelphia analysts, writers. And he was like six deep. They're going to go six in this. And I said, no, nah, man, they're going to go like eight and nine, man. Like, because TJ got to come off and be the backup point guard. They got to have somebody, as you can see now, they're looking for somebody to spell Joe, Joel Embiid. They're looking for somebody to do that. And, 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 and that's clearly why they signed Greg Monroe. Cause he also got a little bit of time once they saw Boban. Cause Boban get tired. They think Ben B get tired. Oh man, have you seen that? He breathes when he played a little bit longer, but he comes in there. The, the, the key factor, the Boban that he developed that, that mid range jumper is there and he has a three point shot, which they haven't even. That's what I'm like. They need to sign Boban back because next year you incorporate that in your playbook. You, you haven't even done that yet. I don't think they're even going to. This is the season you start flexing around with. But they're just playing with everybody's strengths right now. They're not playing. He hasn't had time to really draw up a playbook. All these new pieces. Look at everybody. Don't go say look at Denver because Denver didn't get, didn't get traded to. Denver did not get traded to each other this year. Don't say Milwaukee because they didn't just come together this year. Uh huh. I'm gonna tell you something. Eighty percent of that team just came together. Okay, who been there? Ben and Joel and and JJ. Amir's on the bench. He's not getting that time. TJ, TJ. He's off the bench. That's your experienced guy. Furkan's not getting no time. Okay, so everybody from Jimmy to Tobias. Everybody's talking about. Oh, they got to win it, which is a lot of pressure. They got the players, but this is a little crazy. Why people are putting the pressure like they should win, like they won it last year, like they were in the conference finals the last two years with this team. It, I don't want to hit it, man. That's crazy. You're not even thinking logical. You're not even thinking logical. You're not thinking logical. So in my instance, I have to come a little bit bar none with that. Like it's a little bit crazy. Like, pull up your britches a little bit. These guys, who else who just got? Jay Venice just got here. Jonathan Simmons just got here. Mike Scott just got here. Come on, let's just start. Okay, Jonah Bowden been here, but he didn't he just start getting time this year? Y'all have to stop this. This is the most difficult. Like, nobody's going to come with no logic. No, Nobody. Nobody going to come with logic on this? This team just got together this year, and it's already pressure that they better make the conference finals. Now, let's keep the, the the absolute real going. We know for sure that this has to happen for Brett Brown to keep a job because it's pressure. Let's just, just keep it. I'm not saying that that's not it was at hand right now. I'm just saying that Philly shouldn't think like that. I'm, nobody should think like that. What you do is you try, you definitely try to get to that point. That's what you want, a chance. You want the finals. You want the conference finals or the finals at least. I'm not even thinking the conference finals. I'm saying finals. Because when you put five guys on the floor that can score 17 or more a game, 
it's a little bit hard to stop guys like this because all of them could score 30, really. They just selling for what they, you know what I'm saying? You put JJ Reddick on a real sorry, like Nets team, he probably be scoring 22 a game right now. Not Nets team, I'm talking about a sorry Nets team back in the, you know, two years ago. You put him on a team and he just got a, got a contract, you're talking big money. And I'm so glad JJ didn't go to the Nets. That would have been bad for us. As a Sixer fan, it had been bad. Um, You bring Tobias, who was leading the Clippers. Now he has to learn how to share. You bring Jimmy Butler, who was leading just about every team he was with. To a team where now everybody has to share. Ben, all of them. They have to learn this on the go. Because Brand said, let's win now. Now, this is one thing I want to say. They should bring Mike Scott back, Bo Bond back next year. I personally don't think, I think Zaire Smith is his time. Jonathan Simmons is, 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 is the only, he's one of the guys that's uh, going to come back next year because he still has a year, he's a leader left from his contract. Whether he gets traded or not, I don't know. He looks like a very good piece. But with Zaire Smith, was that going to happen? Listen, Zaire Smith and and, um, and um, Shake Milton are two guys we want to start listening. I know TJ McConnell. I love the chemistry he has with the team. And I'm even with bringing him back for one more year to bring Shake Milton into the offense even more during the season. Let him progress. Let him go. And then you could trace TJ McConnell in the season. Because you need that. You know what I mean? You need that. You put Jonathan Simmons, let him back up the shooting guard, as Zion Smith and all of them groom themselves in, and then there's a trade. I'm I'm fully, fully with that. But at some time during next year, the transition has to happen. After the All-Star break, I can rock with it. But the transition of Zayas and Shaking Milton is back up backcourt has to happen. These guys are ready to prog- they are ready to give you two guys who can produce off the bench and they're young, they can athletic. Sigmund is a 6'5 point guard, basically a combo guard to play both positions. Cyrus Smith can play from two to three. You know, uh, he gives you that energy. He gives you that offense. You see it now. You've gotten the taste. Jonah Bolton, um, it's time. Mike Scott has to come back. He would give that bench ultimately big time, like, let's go. And Bobine, we need those two guys back. Scott and Bobine need to come back. I wouldn't even be surprised. Look, James Ennis is another guy because, you know, Scott could play the four. You bring Ennis back to play the three. I I think bringing him back for one more year would be good. But the transition of Jonah Bolden, Shake Milton, and Zaya Smith has to happen sometime next year. Um, Whoever they bring in as a rookie can groom in the G League, bring you another quality player. I just think this team needs to do that. Next game. Blowout. I predicted the blowout the first game. They're like, oh, what happened? Stuff happens, right? The next game, I went straight for the gusto. Blowout. Because this is what I expect. Brooklyn is the this is the this is the key. This is a very this is the most important series in the in the uh in the whole playoffs for Philly. You know why? Because they need this to get together and get chemistry. They need to chop them up. Make your mistakes now. Make them all now. Get Get a rhythm. You're not going to be fully in chemistry like you would want to be if you were playing together one or two or three years like the Warriors. 
but you will get a chemistry because you are all good players. You're all star players. You're vet players. You're not playing with the, the, the process per se young players. You're playing with now guys who are ready to win right now. So you can get whatever, I think you can get whatever kinks you can get out for this Eastern Conference. Cause listen, when they play the Raptors, looking at how they got exposed by the, by the magic and then looking at how they played toward the end of the season, this is a, now, then you're looking at Cal, look, it's, it's some expose, expo, exposing is going on. Some exposing is definitely going on. And with the Raptors, man, if Kyle Glory does that again this playoffs, you know what's going to happen, right? All right, what's going to happen is they're going to start deciding that we need to trade because if they lose Kawhi, they're going to decide we're going to have to break this whole thing down. This whole thing might got to get crushed down. But once again, to be real, I don't think that happens because where do you go? We already trade the long right. I mean, where do you go? Hopefully, they're able to sign Kawhi Leonard and their and their luck. Now, um, the Eagles, man, the Eagles, the Eagles, the Eagles. Now, I've heard a lot of things. I've heard about Chris Lindstrom, the guard. I've heard about Jalen Ferguson. I've heard some things about Christian Wilkins. These are first round guys. Um. I've heard about uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who they like. I've also heard about Titus Howard, who they really like. So the second round, Titus Howard is the aim. Got Miles Sanders. I think if Miles Sanders is not there, then Philly, you look at him with Darrell Henderson. These are two guys that I think they're possibly thinking about in the second round. Look at LJ Collier. They're looking at a pass rusher. They're looking at it's so many different avenues because Rockhill Armstead came in yesterday. And Justice Hill did a couple of days before. Um, these are two day three running backs. So Philly is also thinking about just drafting straight offense or straight defense. They're looking at the best players on the board. That's the thing we got to look at. We're not going to really know what the Eagles are going to do until this board. If Ed Oliver drops down far enough, the Eagles are going. They're going to bite. They're going to bite. They're going to bite, man. And, and what number do I think that is? Between 15 is a... 15 is a... 40% shot they can get something done. Third, I say 30 to 40. It's a strong 30. It's a strong 30, man. It's a strong 30. They can get something rocking with that. Um... 18 is more possible. They just say, oh, let's go. But does he fall that far, though? But there's a possibility because people say, he quit in the game. Uh, the, the, the interview didn't go there well with the Eagles. You know, some people that smoke screens, I ain't like them like that, though. Just so he can try to fall. Because why not put out a smoke screen like that if you're a team that's out of reach? If you're out of reach, then you're trying to put something to bring him down. Maybe it triggers a domino effect, man. It's chess, not checkers, man. If Philly can get an Ed Oliver on their squad to learn from Fletcher Cox and be in that culture of a locker room. Oh, my gosh. 
He's a whole nother mind. That's why I say he's the best player in this. Everybody talking about, I think Kyler Murray is the best player, but he's second. Everybody talking about Bosa, he's not better than Oliver to me. Oliver's a whole nother monster. When he's locked in, it's different. Um, I tell you what, man. The Phillies, I'm going to talk about something about the Phillies. The Phillies are going to be up and down for a minute. Not up and down, but they'll lose games like that. They are a new team together, you know. Everybody like, well, you just got to hit the ball. Well, everybody got to understand when you're on a team sometimes. Well, a lot of times, all the time. And in between that, a lot of time and all the time. Chemistry means a lot. You being comfortable in the dug dugout, uh, how comfortable are you hitting in there? I mean, that's sports, period. I mean, a lot of people, you said football is just catching the ball. All right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's running the ball once you get it. My thing is how comfortable are you running the football, catching the football with those teammates in their locker room? It's just what it is. There are chosen few that don't need that. But even though they they still don't need that to impact, they need that to be at their best and the best they're going to be. So um, that's one thing. Now, let's talk about the future. I just want to talk about Mickey Moniak and how good he is. He's you know he's hitting around 278. He's getting stolen bases. He, you know, listen, he's doing his thing now. At the time, Adam Hazley was doing good last year. He was the man. It was one year Jalen Ortiz was doing his thing, right? Now, them guys are going down. Moniac at talking with Harper. Why lie? Look at that. Look what talking. You think my anything, oh, you just hit the ball. What talking got to do? Confidence. One of the most elite players in baseball talks to you and believes in you. I mean, he's going to come up and be a good. And they're playing him at center field, which is the same position that Herrera played. Just watch out for this. I don't think he comes up this year at all. But next year, it's time. Money is gonna be. He's gonna be on the right on the roster. You know, his year is next year. It, it, it's going down. I think he gives them. Uh, he can steal bases. A lot of versatility. A guy that can hit. We're gonna see a future All Star in. Alec Baum is hitting two ninety two. Third, they got him at first base over there, but he can play third base. They want to bring him up and let him start hitting. Scott Kingery is starting to hit a lot. So there's three positions right now that have three key prospects ready to come. Scott Kingery go to second, bomb the third, only to, to center field. That means Hernandez, Franco, and Herrera up for audition. I, I really believe, like, unless Franco turns into Barry Bonds, which I think he can still have an all-star year, but unless he turns to Barry Bonds, man, Franco is going to stay. He's going to get traded. And when this, I think Bomb comes in two years. If he keeps playing where he's playing, two years he's coming up. Third overall pick. There's no doubt in my mind. Medina's another guy. Like um, Pavetta and uh, whoever is all up for grabs because Medina's doing good. He's doing his thing. I mean, now it's time to see, just watch these four progress. Adonis Medina, the pitcher. The second best player um, rated in, in in their system. Elite pitcher. A lot of teams going to trade for him. Alec Baum is number one. Moniak's in the top ten. 
and then Kingery is already he's in the he's in the lead. It's time that they gave him a lucrative a long term contract. They're trying to see where he's at. Is he good? It's good right now. And he's showing something right now. The more he progresses, the more you can look at a Cesar Hernandez trade. All right. That's big there. That's, you know, a little update on what's going on. Uh, guys like Eniel De, De Los Santos at, at, in AAA, look, better watch out, man. People better start pitching. They better start pitching. And I've been saying put Vince Valesquez is closer than not doing it yet. Um, De Los Santos, like I said, he's one guy you got to look out and watch out for. That's the other guy that's, that's doing great in AAA. He's, he's doing his thing. Um, Super big and, and Lehigh Valley's doing good. They have an eight and three record. So that's big to see a triple A guys really I mean they're not they're hitting good. So this is that's big right on that point in that equation there. Um I've been hearing a lot about Frank Clark and Gerard McCoy to the Eagles. That's crazy right there, man. If that can happen somehow. That's crazy. If one of them can get on, that's going to be good. So we'll see how that goes. You know, I think they're looking for veterans. Maybe then that lets you know really how short they are if Chris Long is going to come back. So that's something to, to keep an eye on. Duke Johnson still an eye. I mean, Harvey Rosemont wants a Super Bowl this year. When he's on the mission, you know something's going to get accomplished. And I think a Super Bowl is going to be this year. Philly's going to get back in the Super Bowl, and they're going to win it. All right, so listen, y'all. Philly Talk, I wanted to get real cool and let y'all know what was popping, man. Um, been a busy, busy morning. I'm about to come back with Villanova Radio, man, and um, hit y'all with some stuff, man. I got, I got some things to talk about. And we out of here, y'all. Philly Talk.